Jamil. We have arrived. Ray. Hello. All right, guys. Real simple pod today. We're going to talk about two things. MJF and LA Knight. Sound good? This All is right. a great pod. Yeah. All, All right. right. We'll talk about it after this. Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Here at Go Home Heat, our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live-action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln and a bear and peeking with Robocop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now, Go Home Heat. Okay, so we just watched Collision, and MJF had a heck of a match. I, I thought it was a great match. You guys think it was a great match? Oh, it was great. Yeah, it was it was I'm and it was a very unexpectedly great match between MJF and Kenny Omega. Like I knew it was gonna be good, but I didn't think it was gonna be that good. I mean they gave him about a half hour, right? Okay, I didn't love the Don Callis part where he came out and kind of kept Kenny from winning, but I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Um you guys what'd you think about that? Okay, not okay? It was fine. It gives Kenny an excuse to go back to MJF, and it also gives him a reason to go back with the Don Callis stuff. But I also don't really know why Don Callis cares about this particular part. <laughs> well, he just hates Kenny. Right, which I don't know if that seems like good enough. Emo- I don't know. Now, I mean, to catch it a beat, Kenny. Like, it's, yeah, what's the matter? It's never over. It's never over. Jamil, what did you think about that part? Um, it really wasn't needed, but I understand, I understand why they did it, but you still could have just let them go and MJF still win. But, um, to the point that was just previously brought up, it still just gives, it gives Kenny an excuse to go back to MJF again. And also at the same time, it makes sure that MJF wins and secures the record but keeps Kenny looking quote-unquote strong. Right, right. Now, I want to go into this. First of all, this one match, you know, MJF is having, do we agree he's having great matches? Like, he may be the most sure thing in pro wrestling right now after you ring the bell. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right? Absolutely, I think, yeah. And it doesn't matter who he's out there with. And if we go through his time, his time frame, you know, he starts out, he's heel, he doesn't wrestle much at all. This is pre-championship, right? He's heel, he doesn't mm-hmm. wrestle much at all, but when he has a match, it's great. And he has these great rivalries, and they last a month at a time, and he only wrestles once during them. And then he gets the belt, and it kind of stays the same. And then there's, like, the cold feud. And then there's the best friend thing. And now, all of a sudden, he's working all the time. He's wrestling tag matches. He's wrestling handicap matches. He's wrestling uh, championship matches. Do we, like the, do we like the change from heel to whatever he is now, Jamil? I, I guess you would say the, the, the quote-unquote scumbag tweener face, MJF, is nice. And, and and I understand the reason why. It's because without Punk, there's not a real selling point for this collision show. And especially now that Danielson just went down after the tag match this past week, they just started this new show. 
Punk was supposed to be the selling point for the new show. Punk's no longer with the company. We gotta we gotta sell this show. And also to 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 be fair, we gotta sell the we gotta sell the product. If what is being said as far as MJF's contract is true and that he just signed a he signed a renewal, but he didn't sign a renewal that like keeps him in the company past 2024, you're going to want to do everything in your power to make sure that you keep him. Do, do you think that the MJF tweener phase is working? That's interesting. I think, I certainly thought as, I, I, I do think sometimes that I do miss a lot of his, his heel stuff mm-hmm. and his heel antics. I, I, I've been, I guess I've kind of been hit or miss with a lot of his baby face stuff, especially after Cole got injured. Um, before Cole got injured, I, I was pretty um, on, like, on the, uh, whatever, on the boat or whatever you say, whatever the phrase is. Um, but after Cole got injured, I have been kind of hit or miss with him. Generally, sometimes, like, I think today it worked very well. Here's my thing with it, right? I was, I was kind of getting off the boat with him. Actually, when I was started out thinking about writing all this and, and, and doing this show, I was kind of starting to fall out of love with it all. And, and there's two reasons why. One right. is he feels like he completely... You know how Roman felt for a little while there on SmackDown? Where it wasn't just that he was the most important thing. It felt like he was kind of the only thing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that other things weren't going on. It's just what he was doing was so much more interesting. Right? And yeah. right here with MJF, all of a sudden... Now, I'll give NJF credit. Like, like Roman wrestled a bunch of different people, but they were one at a time. And this is really confusing to me because, like, at the end of that show, you had Joe backstage, Hobbs backstage, Jay backstage, Wardlow backstage, and he just finished. Is he kind of, I mean, he's such a bright light right now. And, and the dynamite to me was really heavy loaded in the first half hour. And I don't think the rest of it held up because they kind of went to the old guys and I don't know about mm-hmm. you but the the Rick Flair thing did you when he came out did you mark for that or when he came out with Sting or I'm gonna be honest with you I was just like mm, it's Flair yay <laughs> that I'm, exactly how I said it that's how it was it's Flair yay tell I, us where we're eventually going with the retirement <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> right, and then it turns out we're going where we're going with the retirement is Ric Flair hanging out for four months. I just and you know, I you know, I know Ray doesn't even want the guy on his screen, and I get that. The mm-hmm. younger generation, you know look, Rick never really apologized for any of his behavior ever. No. <laughs> <laughs> and so it it it's weird for people that didn't grow up because we grew up absolving the dude for his behavior at well, all times because he was cool right outside of all that push pushing all that outside because i don't really want to talk about that right now i just don't like seeing him on my screen like it's where this thing where it's like i don't know i when he talked it was just kind of when he went out there and when he talked he said a bunch of stuff that didn't make sense he just kind of walked around and felt kind of like a parody of himself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just kind of, 
I, for everyone else that marked out, it just kind of made me, like, sad just to, like, see him walk out there like that. I, I don't know. And I get that, but the, the other point to that is we had this hot half hour where NJF was the whole focal point of it. And then, right. then we move into the Ric Flair thing, and then we kind of had the Hardy Boys come out, and then you got RVD coming right. out, and it just felt like uh, nostalgia show. It yeah. did, did it not? It, it absolutely did. Right. Well, yeah. the, the 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 issue, I kind of, I don't mind RVD as much as I mind the other ones because I think RVD can still like go. Absolutely. Right. Um, I don't think the Hardy Boys should still be wrestling. Like. <laughs> I don't know if that's I don't that's probably not even my right to be able to say something like that. But like I don't I don't no, think it absolutely it absolutely isn't a right. Yes, I, it is. Yeah, I don't think I the, the Hardy Boys are not capable anymore of putting into a match what that match needs to be good. And I think that has been proven time and time and again ever since that pretty much ever since they were on AEW. I mean, like yeah, that it's. And I, I don't even honestly. I think at this point in time, I think Jeff Jarrett is a better wrestler than either of the Hardy Boys. Um, <laughs> That's probably true too. Hey, okay, moving back to M, moving back to MJF. Does he have five of the top ten AEW matches of all time? I, I mean, I, I don't. You have to refresh my memory, but I, I mean, it's he does. He does. I and, think he and does. He does, and I'm going to give you the five. The Iron Man match with Daniel Bryan. Um, Bryan Danielson is one. The Chicago Dynamite match with Punk. And then the turnaround dog collar match with mm-hmm. Punk are two. The Blood and Guts match, Pinnacle versus Inner Circle. The solo match with him and Jericho. And then, of course, just for historical sake, him and Cole at all in. And it was really good, too. Right, right. That's, I, I think there's a legitimate argument that he has five of the top ten matches, and I think it's a legitimate argument of which five it is. It, yes. Yes, it is. Because you can throw out any other... You can throw out any other, like, main events caliber MJF matches that have happened in AEW and that I didn't name, and you still... Right. Could make a good case, and you know he he does something new every match. That what was the backflip he did over the top rope? What do you call it's that? Incredible! He did it, and I was like, "What? Yeah, right? Yeah." <laughs> you know who he kind of reminds me of wrestling a little bit, and you may think I'm crazy. Not when he's doing that stuff, but the selling part of it in a lot of his mm-hmm. offense reminds me of Triple H. Mm, hmm He kind of oversells just a little bit, but I don't mind it for some reason. Does that make sense? Right. He does it enough to where it makes sense, though. Yeah, because absolutely. When, because when Hunter did it, you were like, it makes sense. And when it was a comedy match, like when Hunter was in DX and he oversold, mm-hmm. that was one thing. And when Hunter was in... And when, I mean, when MJF is doing the comedy bits with Cole, and I can get frustrated with the comedy bits a little bit. How he's gotten me, because I hated that whole kangaroo kick thing, and now all of a sudden it kind of works for me. Mm-hmm. Because it's just two a two-footed drop kick, right? Right. And it does look good. And so it kind of makes sense all of a sudden. But he does remind me a little bit of Triple H when he wrestles. And I do, the physicality especially. Yeah, you know Hunter. Hunter was a physical wrestler. Rick Rude also, uh, uh, not Rick Rude. 
Bobby Roode always reminded me a lot of Hunter when he wrestled too. Tell oh, me, absolutely. Tell me this. Has MJF reached a point yet that he's the most important wrestler in the history of AEW? Top three. Top three. Who are the three? Um, Omega, Punk, and MJF. I think it's kind of crazy to not mention Jericho. Though I know we're kind of an anti-Jericho podcast now. It's kind of... It's, I, I don't know how you can not mention Jericho. He was or Mox, actually. Okay. Mox would be my most important wrestler. I think Mox is up there. I think... No, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, and it's only because... And it's only because Mox hasn't really been on television right. for a while that I didn't that I didn't mention. No, John Moxley is the most important wrestler in, in AEW history. Hands down. If John Moxley doesn't if John Moxley doesn't leave WWE and then just pops up air quotes pops up right. at in AEW, yeah. Like, they don't make the case for, oh, this is a viable, this is a viable company. Because, you know, everybody, everybody had a feeling when the company started that Jericho was going. Right, right, right. So Jericho was having issues. It's Omega and Cody. It's their company. Quote, air quotes. The Bucks. So, of course, they were, they were there. Um, and the Bucks, yeah. But, like... Mox gets there, and now oh, they're they're a viable alternative now because right. now they're they're this company that they can grab the stars from the other. Well, I think it, what's ahead. interesting about MJF is, it, it, despite all of the, I think MJF is like an AEW made star. That mm-hmm. is the point. Thank yeah. you. And that and that's why and that's why I put MJF in my three. Because MJF is the first champion that they've really had that's a product of theirs. Moxley was their Christian, right? Christian Cage, when he goes to TNA, he's the first wrestler that WWE wants that mm-hmm. leaves. I'm never gonna be Edge. I gotta mm-hmm. go. And he goes and he carves his own way at TNA. Moxley was the same thing. WWE wanted WWE didn't want Jericho anymore. It, or at least that's the way Jericho was presenting it. You know, they don't really have anything for me. The Kevin Owens thing was kind of a miracle that it worked out. That feud, you know, the best friends. And anyway, point being, I'll digress on that. Mox was wanted, and he went. And that was the thing that really made it happen. But then to make it more important is every time the company was faltering, whether it be Punk having to leave or Punk mm-hmm. being suspended or whatever, they just stuck the belt on MJF and he, ma- I mean, on Moxley and he made him legitimate all over again. That's it. That's it. Go ahead. And, and also to the point, to the point of Christian going to TNA because Christian's never going to be Edge. Moxley goes to AEW because Moxley's never going to be Roman and Seth. Correct. Like that's, who they were, that's who they were putting the company on. They were putting the company on Roman and Seth when they actually, when they actually, in my honest opinion, you really should, you really should have put the company on Roman and, and Mox. I don't know. See, here's the thing about Mox, and I, I don't want, 
I don't. I'm not. I want you to think I'm knocking Mox because I'm not. Oh no, absolutely not. not. Uh, <laughs> I just said he was the most important wrestler in the history of the company. Mm-hmm. But for Mox to do what Mox does best, he can't. Oh no, do he it can't. Inside he can't of a WWE a framework. But if but if the WWE framework is from the perspective of where Hunter is taking it now, as opposed to the era that Mox was there, when Vince was still there, you could you could honestly put the company in Mox in Moxley's hands and he can go. I don't but know. with the but with the the space that they were in before, oh no, absolutely not. No. I, I just don't know if Mox is going to get the blade in the first five minutes on Fox on a seven o'clock Sunday, Saturday, uh, Friday night. But anyway, let's move mm-hmm. into this. MJF, I believe, because of what Ray said, is becoming the most important. A, the body of work. Yeah. B, they kind of they needed somebody to fill that CM Punk ornery good guy slot because for some reason that disappeared right that, that first of all before punk that slot didn't even exist in any company this yeah you know and then he comes along in wwe and later in aw and and is this complaining upset i don't want to say whining because it's not that but this matter of fact a lot of this stuff does suck and even if you like it a lot of it sucks and mm-hmm. the, then it becomes it's Hey, it's what everybody does about work, right? It's it's the evolution of Stone Cold in a weird way, right? Yeah. Everybody wanted to fight their boss. Everybody wants to every now and then when something sucks at work, even if the guy's okay, to say, hey, man, what you're doing sucks, bro. But you can't because he's your boss or he's your coworker or whatever. Punk's doing that. Well, now all of a sudden, NJF, because he was a heel, can kind of slide into that space and I didn't see it before we just started talking. And he's done that effectively. He's becoming that guy that everybody cheers for. Mm-hmm. And that's really rare to have. Stone Cold was that. The Rock was that. Um, and we're going to, you know what? Let's slide over to this because there's a guy in WWE that's trying to be that right now. Is it time for LA Knight to be the guy in WWE? Should he beat Roman at, at Crown Jewel? As much as we all know that he's not, if they, if 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 Hunter went somewhere and bumped his head, and next <laughs> Saturday, LA Knight becomes the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, I wouldn't be mad. Right, and I would feel like it's out, I wouldn't feel like it's out of place because because if this is if this is attitude era WWE and you're giving us what LA Knight is doing, you're giving us what LA Knight is doing right now, LA Knight would win next Saturday. Right. Tell me this. Name name two great matches that LA Knight's been in. <laughs> Go ahead, Ray. You got any? No, I, I the only the only reason I snick is because you you've asked you asked me this question earlier today. Do you have any, Jamil? The the tag match he's in with Cena and 
it's it's it's, uh, it's this one match, and I always because it was a SmackDown match. Well, it, it's my okay. Own. My my point yeah. my point here is when Stone Cold was going up to become the guy, we'd seen him with Bret Hart. Yeah, and him kill it with Bret Hart. Right. This is the weirdest thing with LA Knight because the company is acting like this is out of the blue that he's really popular. And it's not. He was popular in NXT. He was popular as Eli Drake. The minute he walked mm-hmm. in the door here, he was popular. It's all been the same. It's really this, this strange thing because he's absolutely everything the WWE kind of ought to like, except he's a little long in the tooth. Right. What do you think about his wrestling? Jamil. His in-ring work, the his in-ring work leaves room for improvement. Um the thing that just the thing that honestly does make him popular is his mic work. It's not bad, it just doesn't have like any like real pow, like pow moments. Right. His his he may be a little bit more physically gifted than MJF, although MJF F is a little bit agile for a guy that's really mm-hmm. well built. But, you know, Dr- uh, Drake uh, Knight is explosive. Like the move where he jumps to the top rope and lands it. Yeah. Is there any doubt in your mind that in a match with Roman, in a match with Shinsuke, in a match with Seth, he can't tear the house down? Oh, absolutely not. Like I, I like, I venture to say that's. I venture to say that's probably going to be. Thinking of all the matches that's happening at Crown Jewel, that's probably going to be one of the greatest matches on the card. Tell me this, and I don't know the answer to it. Do you anoint a person world champion that is going to need the big matches called to him for a while? You know what I mean? If they're calling it in the ring. Roman's got to call the match. If they're calling it in mm-hmm. the ring, then whoever the next guy is that's with him is probably going to have to call the match. Because I don't think we've ever seen him in, him in something that's 20 minutes and great. Do you get where I'm coming from? Can yeah. you take that chance with him? Uh, LA Knight? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily true that, like, because LA Knight's been in there for a while. And I don't think he's ever going to have to have the match called on him necessarily. But like, if you if you if you mean to say like, I don't know if if like the general question, I, I guess I'm gonna retweak it a little bit. If the question is like, do you think they should put the belt on someone who isn't like, who's like isn't like an all work rate kind of guy, right? I don't think we know if he's all work rate though. Right. But I get what you're saying. I get where you're coming from. Yeah, I I don't think. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it worked when they put the belt on Cena in, like, 2005, so. Exactly. It did. <laughs> but I do think Cena, at that point, had been in I mean, I don't know if there was ever... Big matches. I don't know if there was ever a particular point in Batista's career where he could uh, call the match on the fly, but, you know, worked for him. I don't know. I think Batista's better than you give him credit for. Jamil, Jamil, what do you think? And I love Batista, by the way. I, I wasn't. Yeah, I get it. Oh, no, yeah, no. I, absolutely. Sorry. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. When they first put when they first put the belt on 
when they first put the bill on Roman, I know like Roman had kind of like had moments where he could go, but that was because you had him, he had covering with Mox and Seth. Right. By the time he becomes solo and you put the, and you, when they put the belt on him the first time, like it, it, you could you could make the same argument for Roman Reigns, right? The difference, I think, I think you're right, and I think even more importantly, that one of the differences is L.A. Knight has been doing this a long, long time, right? Just not on the stage, and I don't think that the matches will have to be called to him. I just don't know. Um, I don't know if WWE would ever pull the trigger on somebody that they haven't seen do this on the grandest stage a couple of times. Mm-hmm. You know, or at least at see the one problem is too, they pulled him up from NXT so quick we never got to see him with a championship run there. Nope. But how great would it be if we get to see him with a championship run for the first time and it's a big one? Right. right? So yeah. what do you guys think as far as night is is the ceiling for night? like a stone coldish coldish type run when he gets the belt? Do you think he can take this to another level? Do you think he's kind of peaked out? No. I think going back to another thing that was mentioned where we were like Stone Stone Cold had the breakout moment with Bret Hart. I think think next Saturday is L.A. Knight's breakout moment. Win or lose. And, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, Austin didn't beat Brett. Right? 100%. But Austin did Brett not. became the star mm-hmm. in that match. Um, I think if they tell the, I think if they tell the story right, which they have been, um, you know, because I just, I, I, I think it just, I think it just needs to be said what happened Friday on SmackDown was genius. Like, you have Roman come out. Roman's about to do the the, the the tribal chief entrance. He holds the belt up, and then the music hits. And I sat there, and I was like, what in the... And LA Knight just walks out, sits at the... Uh, they're telling the story. They're telling the story great. Agreed. They, like it's it's a genius way to tell the story. And if you keep telling the story, if you keep going in this direction, LA Knight becomes the star even while losing the match. Right. And if he loses the match and then he comes right back out on Friday and acts like this isn't even a speed bump in the road, right? Mm-hmm. Like just keeps talking about how inevitable it is that this is his show, this is his brand. This is his game, right? If he just mm-hmm. continues that route, no matter what happens, because Roman's not going to beat him clean. No. You know, there's no <laughs> way Roman beats him clean. And so I do think that L.A. Knight could, I think there's another level to what he's doing, especially if he has the bully pulpit of the championship around his waist. And I think that the longer he chases, it might actually be helpful 
Although I know mm-hmm. everybody's ready for the bloodline to break up, I, I, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, tell me this. Is Gunther the guy to replace Seth? Or do we replace Seth now with Drew on a heel turn? No, it's, it's Gunther. I think that Drew could beat Seth. Um... I think I think you could give Gunther the belt at like a later. Like I don't know if I, I don't know if there is a particular like needed like time to put the belt on Gunther because I, I think Gunther could have the belt at like any point. But I think um, if you turn Drew now, um, I think yeah, I think you could definitely put the belt on Drew. Um, Here's what I like the idea of. I like the idea of Gunther getting the belt before Mania. And I like the idea of somehow L.A. Knight being on Raw. And I like a Gunther L.A. Knight WrestleMania championship match. And L.A. Knight getting anointed over Gunther. So, like... Because Cody gets anointed over Roman. Yeah, that's 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 happening. We all know that's happening. Especially considering the fact that Dwayne's not coming back for WrestleMania. We all know that's happening. Um, By the way, well played how Dwayne played everybody like a fiddle on that. He did. <laughs> he did. It, was, he did. it was beautiful. <laughs> uh, um, so, it's just present, you just presented a great idea in the fact that Gun- it's like there's not like a specific time frame that Gunther has to get the belt. Right. Um, a, a heel drew. A heel Drew versus versus a heel Gunther at the Royal mm. Rumble for the World Heavyweight Championship could work. Mm. Like that could work because in and and there's already a story to it in that Drew Drew had the match at WrestleMania. Let's be. Drew had the match, right? Right. And Gunther literally came in and wreck shopped on wreck shop on everybody and got his belt back. Right. Right. So even with Drew beating Seth to become the world heavyweight champion, there's that's still his cloud. Gunther is his cloud. Agreed. Yeah. And the, the story's there. Gunther is his cloud. And Gunther still beats him for the World Heavyweight Championship at, at the Royal Rumble. Or if they want to do it, they can, you know, if they want to do it, they could do it. at. That could be the WrestleMania match. But I just, I like, I like LA Knight being Gunther at WrestleMania for the World Heavyweight Championship more than I do a Gunther-Drew match at WrestleMania. Right, but Gunther Drew, I mean, uh, L.A. Knight versus Drew at WrestleMania or Gunther versus Drew at WrestleMania is kind of a sure thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know you know the story's going to be good. You know Drew will be able to sell it. You know the matches. You know, Drew McIntyre doesn't have bad matches. And Drew's been having, like, the best promos, like, ever recently. For him. Yes. Uh, yeah. For him, yeah, yeah that's what I meant. Absolutely. Um, and so it's a sure thing. But to me, if you want to hit the home run, you got to take a chance, right? You got to sw- you got to you got to take the full swing, which is Gunther, L.A. Knight. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because that could that could be the kind of thing that shows everybody where the company's going. Right? Yes, because yeah. because they're literally the two, they're literally the two biggest rising stars within the last within the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Gunther made the IC belt relevant again, and LA Knight's just been LA Knight. LA Knight makes every segment he's in, even if he's walking around backstage by himself, relevant. Yeah. He is a moment capturer. Right? Mm. It's weird because like the, the things that don't blow you away are the matches. But it's not that they're bad. It's that and much like Stone Cold, Stone Cold a lot of times, until he was wrestling Sean or until he was wrestling uh Taker or, or Brett or guys like that, he'd have good matches, but the promise of animosity was always so much greater than the product, right? Because you're not allowed to just, you know, grab a stick and just start beating somebody down out there, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what you felt like when you get a stone cold, you feel like, oh, he's coming through with a baseball bat or something, right? Yeah. And the the promise of violence, it's hard to it's hard to uh do that in a fictional environment where you do <laughs> Right, <laughs> you know what I mean. You, you can't literally make somebody's head explode unless you're Gen V or the boys or whatever. Okay. <laughs> on that, man, let's wrap on that, okay? All right, absolutely. Appreciate you, Jamil. Thank you so much, man. Thank y'all. All right, this has been a Go On Me production. Check out our friends at Game Project, DGIN Project.com. Check out our friends at Daily Smart. Check out our friends at Galactica. Or Galactic or Dramatic or whatever the name is that company that likes us. Thank you. Didn't mean to mess up your name. And folks, go home. Go home.